1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On, Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Team. Team. Every,
0: day. Every, day. Every, day. every day. We welcome you to episode number 346 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. During the middle of the bye week, the Washington Redskins are practicing. Yes, that's right. A Wednesday practice closed to the media at Redskins Park. Uh, this is the first time uh, I or anyone else can remember uh, the Redskins doing this. Uh, at least as long as I've been covering the team, which dates back to the final year, the Jim Zorn era, so 2009, so 10 years. Uh, Mike Shanahan never did this uh, under the new CBA, under the old CBA, um Jay Gruden never did this. As a matter of fact, it was much, much, much more common that the Redskins would have meetings and a press conference and all that on Monday after their final game before the bye and then be given Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off before returning back to work on Monday of the following week. So good for Bill Callahan. His team stinks. They're 1-8. They have a lot of improvements to make. Uh, many of it is, much of it is because uh, of injury on the offensive uh, side of the football, uh, but they haven't scored a touchdown in three-plus games, and any practice can help, any practice at all. Can't hurt, uh, you know, unless you suffer another injury, um, so good for Bill Callahan. You shouldn't be rewarding, honestly, uh, players that have uh, not achieved players that have not performed well enough, um, again, for whatever reason, you shouldn't be rewarding them at one and eight. Rewards are, you know, if you're five and four, six and three. If you're four and four, hmm, maybe. If you're three and five, no. Although it's been done plenty of times. If you're two and six, no. If you're one and seven, no. If you're one and eight, and you're the Washington Redskins, and you fired your coach already, and your new coach is trying to set a culture of accountability, number one, of things being different, of no more Club J, that he's in control for however long he's got the control for, then you certainly do something like this. I'm only surprised that they gave the players the normal day off, apparently, on Tuesday, and then had the practice on Wednesday. To be honest with you, I thought... Part of the CBA was that they had a mandated five days off, but that it had to be five days in a, off in a row. So apparently they gave them the day off on Tuesday and brought them back for Wednesday, which shortens you know, anybody's ability to get away and uh, be on a luxurious vacation. Now, certainly you could still do that. Uh, there's no questions about that, but it's just kind of an interesting schedule. And quite honestly, you know what? This may sound rude. This is not player-friendly. I don't really care if players can't go on long vacations. They don't deserve it, quite honestly. I mean, as beat up as their bodies might be, they haven't won enough. They haven't played well enough. And nobody should be feeling boo-hoo for any player, quite honestly. Uh, They get from roughly January 1st through roughly... April 15th off every year and then get another six weeks off from mid-June to late July. Nobody should be feeling bad about players not having extra days for a vacation. Sorry. No matter how beat up their body is. As a matter of fact, and people get mad at me when I say this, instead of going and traveling and dealing with customs and dealing with a lot of people, If you're really tired, if you're really worn down, what you should be doing is laying in bed and relaxing and not traveling. Maybe you spend time with your kids. Maybe if you don't have kids, you just stay home and you relax and you watch a bunch of movies or you get a couple of workouts in or maybe you go into D.C. or maybe you go up to Baltimore or maybe you go to historic Williamsburg, whatever you do. Again, I'm not telling anybody what to do, what not to do, this is just my opinion. You're tired, you're beat up, you're sore, you need a break, take a break. That doesn't mean going on some sort of exotic vacation. You have five months in the offseason, five, to do such a thing. You don't need to do it now. So I don't feel bad in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, I applaud, applaud Bill Callahan for doing this. Uh, this is a smart move. The Redskins are 1-8. and eight. They're not 8-1, and one, period. So good for Bill Callahan for doing this. Uh, and I'm sure it doesn't sit well with a lot of players. I, again, sorry, but I really don't care. The Redskins did make a roster move on Tuesday. They released running back Craig Reynolds, which, of course, paves the way for Darius Geis to make his return to the active roster next week. He is expected to be lifted off of injured reserve for the New York Jets game. It was a matter of time before the the move would be done, right? Nobody questioned that Darius Geis wasn't coming off of IR, especially being that he had practiced all of last week. It was just a matter of procedure and time and waiting and hoping that he didn't get re-injured again. Now, again, the Redskins have not put him on the 53-man roster yet. This move, again, probably just eases the, the path, clears out a spot. Because if you put him on the 53 right now, And again, the Redskins probably procedurally won't do this until some point next week, maybe even as late, quite honestly, um, as next Saturday, the day before the game. I I would have to double-check the exact CBA language on that, but I believe they can wait up until next Saturday. If you put them on and then something happens, then you have to kind of do something with them. Whereas if something pops up injury-wise in practice next week or over the bye, you know, I guess it's just an easy transition to not burning a roster spot. But right now, the Redskins have an interesting situation at running back because you have Chris Thompson, who's missed the last three games, with Turf Toe. You have Adrian Peterson. You have Geis coming back. You have a fullback. You know, the Redskins are kind of loaded there they're probably going to have to make a move, aren't they? Uh, You know, most teams only carry three running backs on the active roster on game day. So right now you have Thompson. Oh, you actually have five running backs. Excuse me, I forgot about Wendell Smallwood. So you have the, the fullback that Bill Callahan signed Right after he took over, I think right before the San Francisco game and after the Miami game, Mike Burton. You have Adrian Peterson, you have Chris Thompson, you have Wendell Smallwood, and eventually you're going to have Darius Geis. So one of those guys is going to have to go. Presumably, it would be Burton. But what if Chris Thompson is going to be another couple of weeks? Do the Redskins then have to shut him down? Well, if that's the case then they could have shut him down two weeks ago and maybe, maybe had a chance to bring him back at the end of the year. Now, if they had to shut him down and put him on IR, he would be out for the rest of the season. Or they could keep Burton, keep Wendell Smallwood, of course, keep Thompson on the active uh, roster, which I presume they would, even if he's not ready, of course, the hope is that he would be ready, keep Adrian Peterson, reinstate Darius Geis, and then cut somebody else from somewhere. Oh, I don't know, maybe Tony Bergstrom, somebody like that. The Redskins are in an interesting situation at running back. There is no doubt about that because you don't need, again, five running backs, but one is a pure fullback, which Bill Callahan likes to have. So maybe Burton is safe. Maybe it's Wendell Smallwood. It can't be Adrian Peterson, right? They're, Jay Gruden isn't here to hate on him anymore. <laughs> um, you know, I, like, again, I think Bergstrom, who had a bad penalty on the first play of the game for not reporting as eligible, is a very likely candidate. Oh, who else are the Redskins going to whack? They just don't have many other choices, so I would think that would be your roster move so that maybe they could keep, again, the five if they choose to do that. Otherwise, they're going to have to lose either Burton or Smallwood. Actually, now that I think about it, with Geis being back in, he would, right now, replace Reynolds, and they could carry the five, but... Again, you would have four active on game day, so one of the five would have to be down. Presumably, that would be Chris Thompson if he's not ready. So you don't necessarily have to cut somebody right now. But if Vernon Davis is not ready when they come back from the bye, you still only have two tight ends in Jeremy Sprinkle and Hale Hentges. So if you need a roster spot, uh, to me, the spot to go would be Tony Bergstrom. You know, he's not good enough anyway, and then when you make bad penalties that affect a really positive run, and especially bad procedural penalties. And this is assuming that nobody, you know, has any problems over the bye week or in practice next week. You know, so even though they might not have to make a move right away, they could still make a move up until next Saturday, the day before the New York Jets game. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. As we kind of talk through this, again, Darius Geis on the way back, Redskins practicing uh, on Wednesday at Redskins Park before they are cut loose for a four-day vacation. And for the bye, I'm Chris Russell. This is episode number 346. Good to have you with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Coming up next... The Redskins shooting blanks and why running the football is so important. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work. Not to go to the store because you forgot something. But ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them any day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit bluechew.com. You get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKED ON. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E com Promo code LOCKED ON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card. All right, guys, I'm Chris Russell. As we continue our bi-week coverage of the Washington Redskins, this is episode number 346 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. So as you know, The Redskins have not scored a touchdown in over 13 quarters. Going back to the early part of the third quarter against the Miami Dolphins, and they'll go over a calendar month at least without scoring an offensive touchdown or without scoring a touchdown of any sort. Now, as we constantly talk about, maybe you're sorry, maybe you're tired about hearing about this, uh, there's a lot of people that feel wrongly, by the way, uh, that the Redskins should be throwing the ball around the yard 35, 40 times a game and that the Redskins uh, should do what every other team does or what league-wide analytics and trends say. Yeah, that would be ideal if they had a good quarterback, but they don't. They don't. Let's start there. Uh, We've talked about this, again, nonstop. Uh, They don't. Dwayne Haskins, whether he is the starter or he isn't, he's not ready yet, and everyone knows it. Everyone in the building knows it. Everyone in the NFL knows it. Sean McDermott certainly knew it. The Buffalo Bills absolutely knew it. Bill Callahan knows it. Everyone knows it. And he may never be ready. He may never be good. He may never be great. Who knows? The jury is still very much out. I think he'll be good. I hope he's very good. I don't know if he'll ever be great. I have my concerns. I, I still believe in him. Um, I, I, you know, I, I love the natural talent coming out of Ohio State uh, and the size. And I thought he would, you know, be ultimately the best quarterback in the draft. And that was before. The Redskins took him. I just wasn't a huge Kyler Murray fan, but give Kyler Murray credit. He runs that system. He moves the football. He makes some throws. Uh, And certainly he has had a good rookie season so far. That's the opposite of what Dwayne Haskins necessarily has had. Now, he hadn't had the opportunity that Kyler Murray has had. But... Going back to uh, the overall point, again, with the Redskins not having scored a touchdown in about 205 minutes worth of football, again, three full games and then more than a quarter and a half going back to Miami. And with the bye, again, it'll be at least over a month before they get to November 17th from October 13th, which is when that Miami game was. And people laugh at that, and again, they say the run, the run, the run, the run. And again, that's completely untrue. It lacks complete context, uh, and it's it's quite the real reason, as we wrote uh at si.com in the Redskins portal, you can check it out, SI.com slash NFL slash Redskins, is they've taken on the 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings. The Buffalo Bills, the last two of those on the road with either a journeyman Jag, Case Keenum, at quarterback or a young rookie who's clearly not ready. And again, everyone knows it. The 49ers, best team in the NFL through week nine of the season. That's where we're at now. Yards allowed per game at 241.0. The Bills, third in yards allowed per game, 296.3. The Vikings, seventh in the NFL at 320.9. Oh, by the way. Let's go. In points per game allowed. At twelve. Number three in the NFL. At 16.4. And the Vikings. Number four. At 17.6. Think about that. When you're blaming Bill Callahan. When you're saying it's because they are running the football. More than they were under Jay Gruden. Clearly you're not paying attention and you're lacking absolute context. That's absurd. On top of that, they don't have a good quarterback situation. On top of that, they for the last three games he last played in Miami. Vernon Davis for the last five games, Trent Williams of course all season. Darius Geis since week one. Brandon Sheriff and Chase Rulie missed some time. And, again, Keenum has had to come out of two games early. And concussion protocol was in for the game last week in Buffalo. Along with Colt McCoy re-injuring himself. Go figure. Now, he's not injured right now, we don't think. But he's inactive. Uh, he was active on Sunday in Buffalo as the backup, but it's pretty clear Bill Callahan has really no desire to see him. He's leaning towards, we think, Case Keenum uh, over Dwayne Haskins, and we will find out, I guess, for sure, early next week. But that's a general layout over the Redskins' offensive issues and problems, right? They have many. We just went over a bunch of them, right? So here's another thing that I wanted to get to when it comes to this particular subject. The Redskins have run the ball well under Bill Callahan. They have. They've run the ball well. 115.25 yards per game. That's the average, just slightly over the league average, 461 rushing yards. Not great, but on 98 total rushing attempts, it's an average of 470 or 4.70 per attempt. If they did that 4.70 per attempt over the course of nine games instead of four, meaning the whole season so far, they would be 10th in the NFL in rushing. Not bad, not great. But not certainly not bad. You'd be top 10. You're going to win games in most categories. The problem is, is that the Redskins are not top 10 in much of anything else. And certainly they're not even top 10 in rushing because Jay Gruden ignored the run game like the plague. Jay Gruden, uh, as much as I liked Jay, I never agreed with a lot of his play calling. I never agreed with this genius theory that you had to have all this fancy, sophisticated passing game stuff when you had... A spotty offensive line, and I know they tried to build a good offensive line with Williams and Sheriff and Morgan Moses, but it it was still spotty, and when they weren't giving up massive protection issues, they were holding or committing false starts or committing some other sort of penalty. Uh, There were times where they were good under Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins got rid of the football very quickly, and he would run a check down than a sack or a hard hit. And people thought he was selfishly protecting his contract. No, no, no. He was playing football. It's the reason why he starts every game. It's the reason why he's there. And why he's durable. And much more durable than anything the Redskins have presented since. But under Jay Gruden, they ran for 344 yards on 88 attempts. Now, 145 of those came in a one-sided, lopsided loss to the New England Patriots in Gruden's final game. So essentially, in the first four games, they ran for 200 yards, 50 yards per game. But ultimately, it wound up 68.8 yards per game and a 3.90 yards per attempt average. Now, they racked up 73 points Over the five games, and again, I wrote about this at si.com slash NFL slash Redskins, if you want to check it out in the uh, SI Redskins Maven portal, they racked up 73 points in five games. That's an average of 14.6 points per game. A lot of people like to point to this and say, aha, see, Bill Callahan's team is only averaging 8.6 points per game, and again, have gone three plus games without a touchdown. Well, that's true. I can't deny the absolute math, 14.6 to 8.6 is a difference of six points per game on average. However, what we have to keep in mind is that the Redskins had several uh, garbage time touchdowns. Everybody wants to forget the one that they scored with six seconds left in Philadelphia week one when they were down 12 points. I'm sorry, that doesn't count. Seven points, worthless, does not mean anything except it covered the number, which was plus 10. So it meant something to dopey Las Vegas gambling people. Against the Cowboys in the home opener, they were down 31-14 with two minutes and 17 seconds left. They scored a touchdown. 14 points, completely meaningless, completely empty calories. Week three, Monday night football, worse. They were down 28-3. They scored two touchdowns, missing both extra points. They were still down 13 points after that second score. Again, completely meaningless. That's 26 points total. Four touchdowns with two extra points because they went for two-point conversions in the Chicago loss and missed them both. That meant zero, nothing. If you take those 26 points away, again, meaningless filler, empty calories. The Redskins had 47 points over five games, With Jay Gruden, 47. 47. That's 9.4 points per game. True points. Points that meant something in the game. That's slightly better than the 8.6 that Bill Callahan is averaging. And that's with the sophisticated passing offense. And that's with throwing the ball downfield, which hit one time to Terry McLaurin. And that was it, one time. Now, did McLaurin have touchdowns against Dallas and Chicago? Yes, but it wasn't like it was an air raid attack. Remember, they actually missed a couple of deep shots, one in Philadelphia, and one was, I believe, in the Bears game, if memory serves me correct, early. Remember, McLaurin scored two touchdowns in Callahan's first game with his chosen quarterback, Case Keenan. Just remember that. Again, all of this stuff I wrote about at si.com slash NFL slash Redskins, and I posted on the Atlocked Redskins Twitter feed. If you want to go check it out, I highly encourage that you do. If you want to use common sense when approaching the Redskins problems, uh, I suggest certainly that you do. When we wrap up the show, coming up next, we'll tell you about a brewery in Northern Virginia that has a pretty creative idea and new beer. For sale. We'll do that next, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Is your team eliminated
1: from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
0: Guys, we want to take the time to remind you to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and just enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's the DoorDash app. Enter the promo code Locked On to get yourself some good eats on the Locked On Redskins podcast. All right, so we're finishing up here on episode number 346 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Coming up on 347, we're going to get into my buddy JP Finley's report about Bill Callahan having complete control uh, of the Redskins, and as well some of the real problems for the offense. In addition, uh, some new rumors, and my buddies from the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan talking about the Redskins moving to London uh, and all of that. We have a lot to come still, even though it's the bye week. We'll crank that out, episode number 347. But just wanted to point this out to you. Uh, found this on Twitter And it is, um, in case you're familiar with the northern Virginia and western part of Loudoun County, which is where the Redskins are headquartered, uh, Percival, Virginia, a local brewery called Harper's Ferry Brewing. Harper's Ferry Brewing in Percival, Virginia, has put out a new IPA. Yes, a new IPA that's going to rock your world. But the reason why we're bringing it up here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, because it's not your ordinary IPA. No, 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 no. Uh, They call it a double West Coast IPA finished at 9.5% alcohol. But they're calling it sell the team IPA. Sell the team IPA and they say it's bitter and slightly disappointing like a day at FedEx field. (laughs) I thought this was hilarious. I thought this was a great marketing move. Um, and they should probably make a lot of money with this. Uh, if you go out to Percival, Virginia, if you're in the area, go check it out at Harper's F- Ferry Brewing. I'm sure you're going to see it all there. Uh, again, you can read about it. I wrote about it at uh, si.com NFL Redskins. That's going to do it for us here on LOR, episode number 346. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading. Have a great bye week. Hey, the Redskins can't lose. Adios.